at it again, Birdie's not BS. It's your man, Dougie Freshman. I probably got the coolest co-homie next to me right now. Carolina Romero, what's up, girl? How you doing today? Living the dream like always. Thank you so much for having me. No, oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Look, I live in Scottsdale. You're in Delray Beach, you know, West Coast, Florida. East Coast, Florida, excuse me. And it's hot. There's, there's no other way to, to describe, like, it's, it's hot. Always. So we had, we had some questions about playing in the heat. So I want to hear it from you. I know you are an expert in all things fitness, all things mobility. But I want to know from you, how can we take all this and play in the heat? Well, first of all, we have to talk about the fact that your type of heat and my type of heat is completely different. So, you know, I got to experience that when I was in Tahoe, like that dry heat versus the humid heat. It just hits you completely different, especially when you're not used to it. So, you know, for a Floridian like me playing golf in Florida, just walking out the door and just being immediately sticky and sweaty and nasty, totally normal. But for me to step outside and be in the mountains where the air is dry and, you know, my hair is staying in place perfectly, <laughs> my body is freaking out, my skin is falling off, it's completely different. So I think that it's important to remember that, like what kind of, you, you know, it's true. Like the lips are all chapped, like this is just flaking all over because it's so dry and awful, but my hair, perfectly in place. Girls, you know what I'm talking about. That's the funny part. That's the funny part because in Miami, my wife's hair was like, it just like, Elevate. Oh my god! It just goes up. I, I when I like when I was in Tahoe, I you know I never wear a ponytail when I play golf. Like it's impossible. My hair is long. It's hot, humid. In Tahoe, I, I rocked the ponytail. It stayed in place. It looked amazing. I'm like, well, this could never, would never happen in Florida. So I might as well just enjoy it while I'm here. I can dig it. But back to the heat. Back to the heat. So you know, it, it depends. You really what type of heat you're used to. You know, so for example, when you are out there in Arizona, um, you know, obviously we all know, we all know the basics, you know, you got to stay hydrated. You got to wear sunscreen, protect yourself from the sun, make sure you're, you know, getting some snacks, make sure you're not getting, you know, like drinking too much alcohol without, uh, replenishing the fluids that you're losing throughout the round. And, um, you know, if you're in Florida and you're not used to that, this humidity will like just make you feel like you're not thirsty. I mean, you're gonna be hot and sticky and feeling gross, but you are not gonna feel nearly as thirsty as you are when you're in like that dry desert heat. So it's important to remember that in case you're traveling somewhere that you're not used to. So what kind of yeah. heat are you used to so that you can adjust, you know, and, and like do, do your thing. I feel like it took me a while to get used to this heat, like coming from Florida, South Florida, coming out to Arizona, like that's such a poignant statement. like. At the end of the day, both heat, you need sunscreen and water. Like, there's, yep, there's no yep. debate. There's no debate. And here, you know, like, before you even continue, remember that water alone might not be enough. So we can talk about that later, but. No, that's a good point. Let's, let's jump right into that. Water, we all know you got to hydrate, right? But you, you just put, you're putting me on game. No wonder I might not be playing my best golf, though. Carl. Well, so, you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, the studies say that even like a 2% decrease in like water levels in your body can have a huge impact in your performance. So, you know, a lot of people don't really care or realize, but like staying hydrated could actually help you play better. So very, it's very important to keep that in mind. You know what I mean? If you don't really, you know, if you're not really a person that gets thirsty, if you're a person that doesn't enjoy drinking stuff during the round, because I know those people. You know, there's the people that don't like to eat or drink or whatever. Uh, just remember, you know, you could be missing out on some serious 
you know, like gains in your performance if you are hydrating and doing what you have to do instead of just, you know, like going at it like a savage. <laughs> okay, well, all right, we got we to gotta talk to the savages too. So all my like gu- alcohol guzzling folk, right? So I yeah. just had like, as, as random as it is, last time I played golf, I had a guy give me a, it was a transfusion that we made with, with Gatorade. And I was kind of like, you know what, that's smart. What's your take on kind of mixing like the hydration with the alcohol? Well, so so before we even go there, remember I told you earlier, like water alone might not be enough. And what I mean is that when you're losing water, whether you're sweating or peeing, or it's just literally evaporating off of your skin, like it happens in that dry heat, you are losing electrolytes in the process. And sometimes when you just consume water, you are diluting those electrolytes more and more. And that's not allowing you to actually hold those liquids inside your body. So... You know, they recommend uh, adding some electrolytes to your drink. Uh, Obviously, you want to stay away from like super sugary things, you know, like uh, I'm not going to name any brands, but, you know, like there's some brands of like sports drink where you have electrolytes, but you also have like 50 grams of like sugar and stuff like that. Uh, You know, you want to have, I mean, granted, you are doing high intensity activity, but again, do you need 50 grams of sugar, especially when you're also drinking a transfusion? Probably not. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, like an alternative would be like maybe a little Pedialyte, just put a little Pedialyte in your water, maybe even putting a little pinch of salt in your water. Just make sure that, you know, or, you know, even even the powder, like the little powder packets that they sell that have electrolytes, that is super important so that the water that you're actually taking in stays within you and actually helps you perform as opposed to it just goes right through you. Okay. All right. So salt, we're going to put a little, I used the little, um, the little tablets that dissolve the little extra electrolyte. You know what I'm saying? But you got to be careful, like you said, because you got the sugar. Oh, yeah, the sugar. Yeah, all the sugar in these things. Like a lot of those don't really have that much sugar, you know, like those are they do a pretty good job keeping them like semi clean. It's more like the prepackaged stuff that you buy from the cart girl, uh, you know, that you think it's a good idea. But those are those are the ones that you really have to look out for. You know, just make sure you're keeping your electrolytes. Avoid that high sugar. Back to alcohol. Let's go. Back to out, we gotta talk about getting getting it in. Like, hold on now, we I, I get the fitness professionals, but what about my drunks out there that's out there playing G? How do, can we drink, get lit, and be hydrated all at the same? Is that a thing? Is that possible? I I, I would say yes, it's definitely possible. You know, I think that uh, you know, like, hey, I now that I play golf like as an amateur and I don't necessarily care too much about competing or anything, I'm definitely having a couple drinks out there if I have a chance. Um, but then again, you know, like once you start having one or two or three drinks, you start just drinking your alcohol, you're forgetting about those electrolytes and, you know, like the regular water and all that stuff. So I think that as long as you're able to keep a good mix, you should be, you should be good. I mean, you know, there's been lots of mixed studies about like, for example, caffeine and alcohol, you know, are, do they dehydrate you? You hear a million times people telling you don't drink caffeine, blah, 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 because it's a diuretic. But then there's other studies that say, for example, that caffeine actually gives you a little bit of a boost in performance and the diuretic effect is actually offset by the amount of liquids that you're taking. You know, it's like if you're drinking a cup of coffee, that's a cup of liquid. That's water. It's got caffeine and like solids in it that make it coffee. Yes, but still. So I think it's safe to say that, you know, we don't really know which study is 100% true, but it's better to be safe than sorry. You don't want to get dehydrated. You don't want to get too drunk or you're going to just like stop having fun. So 
I'd say like have, make sure you have like at least eight ounces of water, which is really not a lot at all. So we got the liquids out the way. So I, I feel like there's categories, right? Yes, I'm thinking yes. like hydration, nutrition. Does mm -hmm. that count? Is that the same thing? Hydration no, and nutrition? No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. But you know, like, nutrition is, is one of those things that like, you don't have to worry about that just when it's hot. You got to worry about that all the time. That's fair. But we're talking about the heat though. So when we're talking about heat and nutrition, are we are we grazing? Are we just trying to eat a big meal and then just letting it sit there as we go play? What are the what are the things we can do to keep that blood sugar neutral while we're trying to battle through these high temps? Well, there you go. You said it right. You just got to keep the blood sugar neutral. So I would recommend, granted, everybody's different. Everybody has their, you know, the way that their body works. But if you're not really sure what to do, I highly recommend that you start with like a light meal. A very balanced meal, so so a protein, some carbs, uh, you know, some vegetables, and a little bit of fat. That's going to be the best way to take, you know, those fats and the fiber and the vegetables and the carbs are going to offset like the insulin spike that the carbs could potentially generate. So that's going to keep you nice and level. Um, you know, you have a lot of people recommending that you snack throughout the round and you know, that works for some people. It doesn't really work for others, but I say at least in the ninth hole, you know, nine, two hours in considering that you are doing, you know, activity, you should just have a quick snack, have some nuts. You know, if it's really, if it's really hot and hot out, try me, try some salty nuts to get that salt in, you know, oh, there you go. That's how you get the salt back in you. Okay. I like that. Exactly. I mean, you, you, it doesn't always have to be like a powder drink or anything, you know, it can, you can just get, you know, some salty food. Um, you know, you, it's like, as always stay away from, you know, the super, this, the super heavy stuff. Uh, if you have, you know, a sensitive stomach and you've already been drinking, just stick to, just be smart, you know, use your common sense. Uh, you know, have maybe some bars that have some nuts, uh, you know, just basically add some protein or fat to any carb that you're eating and then you should be just fine. And obviously this, this varies from person to person, but I think it's important to, you know, have, have a little something, especially if you're drinking and especially if it's hot. You know, it's funny, like, I feel like you got to understand where your threshold is just as an individual, right? There, like, 100%. Like, I'm weird. I will not play golf over 110. Like, again, 110 in Phoenix is a little different than... <laughs> no, you know, I, that sounds like insane to me. 110, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, there's no breeze. The breeze is hot, but I can take it. But you gotta, but I know that for me, like above 110, like when it gets to like 12, 15, 18, mm -mm, no, <sighs> I get dizzy. Like I can drink all I want to drink. And it's like, no, this is too hot. Like I'm, my skin is like curling back. No, thank you at all. But when it comes to all these performance fabrics and you're seeing that we've got SPF in cloth now that we can wear, um, you know, you can wear your sleeves. I suggest that people wear a full brimmed hat, not just the, you know, the cute little joint with the, you know, with your situation covered up front. Like I'm talking about 360 coverage bucket hat style. Any, any tips for the folks listening right now to just how to actually cover yourself in the heat? I am a little bit of a sunscreen freak. And I know this is you were talking about fabrics here. But, you know, remember, like some people just don't like the full brim hats. I mean, it would be ideal if we all did. I am a visor person, which is actually uh, not ideal because my ears are exposed. By the way, ears, huge spot for skin cancer. So make sure you're putting sunscreen there. Uh, you know, uh, I put a bun up in my head so it doesn't really get my scalp. But if you don't have hair or you have really thin hair and it's getting to it, you know, it just defeats the purpose. So sunscreen, sunscreen, sunscreen before anything else. 
You know, so sunscreens your face, sunscreen around your neck, you know, all the areas that are going to be exposed. Sunscreen in your hand, especially the one that doesn't get a glove, because because that hand usually like gets darker. Look right it's now. Look little, down at your hand. It's a little darker, isn't it? The right. Darker, well, if you're yeah. a righty, then your right hand is definitely going to be a little darker. But that stuff matters, you know. And like you, you just whether you are doing it for health or you're doing it because you don't want to have wrinkly old hands or a wrinkly face in and two don't judge, years. Oh, no, wait, and stop, stop. I have those hands. I don't, don't be judging. Don't judge my hands. I, I have those are not very, wrinkly hands. I'm sorry. Super, you know what? This is, this Look is at my HD. hands. They're like all like, ugh. <laughs> and they're, they're like all burnt from Tahoe too. It's like, they're just recovering. <laughs> but yeah, so. You brought up an interesting topic. What about getting burnt? What are you supposed to do? No offense. I'm not the most you know, articulate person when it comes to being sunburned. I burn two places, top of my ears and my lips. Other than that, I do have an extra little pigmentation oh that helps me. But I don't want people, black and brown people out there, to not cover up. It's still super important that you do Listen. the right things when it comes to protecting yourself from the sun. You're so right. Black and brown people are also at risk of skin cancer. You know, just because you have that extra melanin, it doesn't mean that you are not going to get burned. You will still get burned. Your skin will still react. So it's important that you do that. You know, make sure you're putting your sunscreen on. Make sure you're wearing your long sleeves. Make sure you're wearing that UV protective stuff. It is very, very important. You know, and like I said, you know, usually you get people one way or another. It's like, do you want to be healthy? Oh, great. So maybe you should, you know, protect yourself from the sun. Do you not care about health, but you want to look good? Oh, well, there you go. You should protect yourself from the sun. You know, it's uh, I started using long sleeve shirts. And uh, if I don't use long sleeve shirts, my trick is to use... Uh, the cream lotion sunscreen before I play. So I put it all over my legs, all over my arms. You know, if I'm wearing like a sleeve like this, I'll put it over. See kind of the difference? Look at the tan. Like I'll put it all over. And then, and like as I'm in the golf course and I'm reapplying, I can use the spray. But I like that big, strong base that the cream sunscreen gives you. And it also shows you exactly where you're applying it. You know, sometimes with the spray, you kind of miss spots. Yeah, you but it's hard yep. to miss it when you have, like, you know, white stuff all over that you have to, like, wipe in. You know, like, but I really hate having to, it. like, wash my hands immediately after But, you that. know, here's it's the like... thing. It's like, here's the trick. You're going to do that when you're at home. You're just leaving. You're going to put that on. You're going to wash your hands once. Done. And then when you're at the course, you can just spray. Use the spray. Ah, okay. A double coverage. Okay. I see how it is. Exactly. Do you wear the sleeves? Do you wear the sun sleeves? Because I've been using those. So, they're not as hot as I thought they'd be. They're, actually, they're not. Like they they really aren't. I don't use the sleeves as often. I mean, I have a couple. I don't use them as often. But what I do use is like, I've just been using long sleeve shirts. Okay. Oh, you know, well, so look, like a, a physical okay. barrier, like a shirt, is going to be more protective than a sunscreen from the rays. Uh, so, you know, if you want to wear the sleeves, awesome. If you want to wear a long sleeve, awesome. Uh, but if you don't, just make sure that you're sunscreening. It, it's so important. Just It just is. So here's my thing. All right, look, we've covered kind of what to do, what to, what to drink, what to eat, how to cover yourself and protect yourself. And this is one thing that I think our industry falls short on is post-round. Because you've been playing in the heat for hours. It's, it's uh, literally for hours. Um, mm -hmm. my question is when we are done with the round, how do we continue to protect ourselves from all, everything we just exerted? Because I, I feel like people will play golf and then they go home and try to just go back to normal life. And you've, you've lost all these calories. You've lost all this water and you think you're just going to have the night or whatever night you think you can have. And 
the reality is, Carl, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be like you think it's going to be. No, I mean, the way that I see it, it's like golf is a sport. You know, a lot of people like to talk crap about golf and say that it's not really a sport, that it's more like a game. But hey, you are swinging a club, you know, like so fast. Some people do it, you know, hundred over 100 miles, uh, you know, like, like it's just insane. You know, you are generating a lot of power, a lot of speed. You really need to start looking at golf as a sport. And what would you do if you, you know, just played a really strenuous football game? You know, the football game let's say my last an hour you know if you're playing soccer it's just a little over an hour if you're playing tennis it depends but if you are playing all those sports where you know are seen as high endurance or high intensity you are most likely going to go home and fuel up afterwards well our sport is not going to be as intense and cardiovascular as those sports that i just named but it's going to be over a prolonged amount of time and yes you are burning a ton of calories i actually uh wear a whoop which you know tells you yeah there you go whoop power um it honestly amazes me how many calories i burn just at the driving range sometimes i burn more calories at the driving range than i do at the gym when i'm working out you know so it's it's important to like replenish that numbers then (laughs) yeah no but seriously like it's unbelievable i mean like i've played rounds of golf where i burn like 700 calories it's like like I could, you know, like for me to burn a 700 calories during a workout, I would have to basically die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it obviously remember like the heart rate and like, you know, like your metabolic rate, it all varies depending on people. So 700 calories for, you know, somebody might not be a lot, but I'm small. I'm five, four, I'm like 120, 35 pounds, 130 pounds. You know, it's, it's a lot. It's hard for me to burn calories. So the fact that I was out there playing, burning 700 calories is a lot. I feel like, you know, on those days you also need to like, Get home and continue the hydration. You know, most NBA players, they don't, a lot of people don't see how much they drink before a game. And then after, and you see what they drink during the game. When they go home, they're drinking four or five more Gatorades, two, three bottles of water. I mean, it is a full out flush. And I think a lot of people, in order to recover for the following day, you know, go home. Epsom salt soak, like do some things, you know, take a long shower, do whatever you got to do. But understand that if you're going to try to demand things out of your body after you play around the golf in the heat, you're going to need to prepare that day. You got to do very specifically and take care of yourself and chill. Don't 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 play 18 holes in 110 degrees and then go home and think you're going to redo your foundation in your house or go put up walls or do something really extraneous because you're going to sit your ass down. That's what's going to happen. Your body's going to shut you smooth down. And I, we just want you to be prepared for that. That's all. We just want you all to be Yeah. And, you know, I think there's there's different kinds of golfers. You know, there's golfers that are always trying to do better. You know, those are the golfers that are more likely to already be doing all the things that we talked about. You know, they're most likely staying hydrated. They're most likely eating healthy, getting good rest, uh, you know, wearing sun protection because they know that all those things will affect their performance. But we also have the golfer that, you know, just doesn't really care. They just want to go out there and have fun. But let's be honest, like going out there and not playing well is not nearly as fun. It doesn't matter how drunk you are, you know, (laughs) so seriously. You know, I have a, you know, recently something really interesting happened to me. So I am a person that can, like, I I function a pretty slow amount of of sleep. You know what I mean? Like, if I get, let's say, five to six hours, that's that's good for me. You know, most people, that's not okay. And and I know that because of my whoop. You know, it tells me my recovery and, you know, how I've done. Exactly. And that obviously depends on every person. Some people might need nine hours. I mean, I do better when I do nine hours. But, hey. 
five to six is enough. Is it ideal? Absolutely not. Do I try to get more? Yes. But if I get five hours, am I going to be useless the next day? Probably not. I'll probably be able to push through. But even that depends on the person. So if you are, you know, like a golfer that, oh, so I was telling you about my story. Sorry. So I went to Wisconsin and, uh, you know, we were with a group of golf influencers and we were, you know, like I, I traveled all day, you know, I always wait to pack till the last minute. So I stayed up late packing shocker. And then I wake up early the next morning and then I fly and, you know, it's two flights and I'm kind of sleeping, but kind of not sleeping. You know, it's just weird. Travel is weird. Then we get there and we go to the simulator place and we hit a ton of balls. We have so much fun. We go to X golf and, um, you know, we're playing games and having competitions. And then we go over to dinner. Uh, we know we have like this, it's like this winery. So we have a bunch of, of, of drinks and you know, it's fun. It's social. Love it. Go to sleep, get like three hours and 45 minutes of sleep that night. I wake up the next morning and you know, my whoop is telling me that I have 1% recovery. And I'm teeing off to play Aaron Hills. I was like, what? How, is, how am I not dead? Like, my body is 100% not, you know, like, psychologically, I feel good enough. I'm excited. I'm ready to play Aaron Hills. But physically, anatomically, my body is not happy to be there. No. You, you know? So I was How'd able to play? get through the round. Well, I played decent. You see, you know, this is where it becomes hard because, you know, like, I was working through some swing changes, so I didn't play great, but I didn't play terrible. You know, I played pretty mediocre golf, but I was happy. I was at Aaron Hills. The weather was beautiful. I was having an amazing time. But for a golfer that wants to show up and really give it their all, for a golfer that is competing, for a golfer that is really trying to improve, that's not going to be ideal because it doesn't matter how hard you try. It doesn't matter how good your swing is. It doesn't matter how many lessons and hours of lessons you've taken before. If your body is not recovered, you are like basically swinging with a broken club. That's it. You're, you're absolutely you're, you're useless. But look, Carolina, I appreciate all of that information. Very valuable stuff. So everybody listen to this episode. Make sure y'all listen to her. Go go, make sure you listen. But look, we always in, well, we don't always do this. But in this episode especially, I want to get technical with you for just a quick second because you're, you're such a, a, a great mind and a great person to ask. I'm going to put you a bit on the spot. In this distance age, when everybody's chasing distance, what is one singular thing? Come on, Carl. One thing. Yes, there's a thousand things people can do to hit the ball further. But what's that one thing here on our Birdies Not BS? Let's get technical sake. Ready? Activate your freaking glutes. Listen, you, we've heard this a million times. We heard Tiger say this. You hear it all the time. Everybody loves making fun of it. Everybody loves talking about the glutes. But I would say that 90% of the golfers that I train and meet have weak glutes. Why? Because we sit too much. It's just the worst position ever for our glutes or hip flexors. Soft ass hip flexors. That's what you're saying. Exactly. You're saying people I mean, got listen, soft asses. Okay. 100%. I mean, like, it, 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 that's how it works. You know, I train a lot of older people whose glutes have been deactivated their entire life. They have not been working properly. So now they have like a pancake butt. And, you know, they're like, oh, I have a pancake butt. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's never too late to start activating your glutes. Is it easy? No. But is it worth it? Absolutely. So my, you know, suggestion to you, if you are trying to just, if you're just going to do one thing, 
is look up some glute activation exercises and start doing them maybe two or three times a week, you know, when you're watching TV. This is not What's something you want to do. One? What's your favorite glute my, activation? It's in fact, this is actually my favorite exercise, not just for glute activation, but ever. I've been asked if you could only do one exercise for the rest of your life, what would it be? I, I love the glute bridge. So it's like when you're on your back, knees are bent, and you're elevating the hips. But here's the key. This is the key, friends. When you are working on glute activation, you have to be super mindful of what is happening what muscles are actually working? Do you feel this here or there? Why? You know, that's why it's helpful to have, you know, a person like me who's going to be like right on top of you and be like, okay, so like, where do you feel this? And you're going to be like, oh, my quads. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not where you're supposed to feel it. That's you're not, supposed yeah. to feel this or in my your hamstrings. butt. Nope, that's not it. Exactly. Squeeze. You know, so let's adjust it. You cannot just like mindlessly do glute activation exercises and expect them to work. You have to be super thoughtful, super mindful. You know, I like to think about um, Arnold, you know, greatest bodybuilder Schwarzen of all time. Schwarzenegger, yeah. Yep. He, um, he talks about, um, you know, you've heard, if you're a bodybuilder or you're into it, you've heard of the mind-body connection. Which Absolutely. is, you know, that connection when you're lifting and you are trying to grow a muscle in bodybuilding, for example, you are really focusing on using that muscle and squeezing it every single rep that you're doing. It's all about control. It's all about using the right thing. Does it come a point where you're just kind of like bumping out more reps? Yep. It just because does, you can't. You sure. You know, you do some momentum, but most of the reps are happening under control you know exactly what you're doing you know exactly what muscles you're using and that is key for glute activation because all these movements that are you know out there on the internet or you know created by physical therapists and doctors and trainers to activate your glutes they can all be done incorrectly and then you'll be wasting your time so don't waste your time use your time wisely make sure that you are activating your glutes correctly using the right muscles and uh, I can guarantee you that that will not only help you hit it longer, it would also help you swing pain-free if you are struggling from, you know, lower back pain and stuff when you play. Well, I appreciate that, Carolina. Thank you so much. Coming in here, going, I mean, just doing what you do. It's just so great. Birdie's not BS. How do the people find you on them social channels? All right. You can find me basically anywhere as Fit Golfer Girl. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you name it, I'm there. And also I have a YouTube channel also called Fit Golfer Girl where I have over 130 golf fitness videos, including glute activation videos. So you can go check those out. And, uh, you know, I hope that that's helpful. And feel free to reach out to me on social if you have any questions. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me. Being my co-homie right here on yeah. uh, BS. Look. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you know how to find us, birdiesnotbs.com. And thank you so much for being here with us. Hey, we out of here for this episode. Hello!